when I started breathing on that mat and going back again and again, what I first started as just merely physical because it was the only physical thing I was allowed to do turned into, wow, I go because I get this sense of calm inside my body. I go because inside of me, I now feel a sense of ease. Inside of me, I'm starting to accept who I am and where I am right now. Inside of me, I am starting to feel worthy, worthy of love, worthy of grace, worthy of acceptance. Welcome to the Start From Within podcast, a podcast all about loving, accepting, and really empowering yourself from the inside out, both your mind, your body, and your soul, and empowering future generations, those watching us leading to do the same. I'm your host, Alison Pesta, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a concept, movement from the inside out. Now, this, maybe you've heard of this, maybe this seems a bit foreign, you know, how can you move your body inside? Um, What does it mean to move from the inside out? And why are we using the word movement instead of some other phrases? like exercise or fitness. So on today's podcast, we're going to dive into all of that. We're going to dive into what movement from the inside out really means. I'm going to share with you my story and how movement from the inside out has become such a pivotal part of who I am, what I do, how I relate to those in my community, my life, as well as some key tips or things to think about um, that can help you move from the inside out, as well as sharing these and embracing these for those that are younger than us. So our daughters, uh, maybe students, maybe just young women on the street, but really taking these and embracing them so that we can empower those younger generations to love their bodies in a way that we were not taught. So let's get started. Let's dive right in. Movement from the inside out. What what does that mean? So I'll share a bit of a story um, for you as we get started. So Right now, um, if you're listening to this podcast live, it's likely that we are in the midst still of the whole quarantine season due to the coronavirus. Um, If you've listened to it maybe further out, then um, just put yourself in that reference point that it's coronavirus, we're cooped up in our homes, uh, grateful that we have homes, but my mom, I decided to, I moved to Seattle, Washington about eight months ago. And with all this happened, I decided to come back to Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from, and to just be with family. 
And so my mom stopped working and decided that she was going to go through all of our old boxes and bins and dig through fun stuff. And oh, wow, did she find many treasures. Uh, She found books that I wrote when I was in second grade to bucket lists that I wrote um, to different drawings and songs. And I was a handful of a child. Let me tell you that. It's pretty interesting to look at how we were when we were kids and look at where we've come now. But the one thing that was consistent in everything I wrote um, and everything that I was reflecting on was my love to move my body. It was always saying, oh, my favorite things to do is swim or to bike or to run. Um, I wrote a bucket list in seventh grade and so many of those things were movement based. There was, I wanted to do a triathlon. I wanted to go hike in the mountains. I wanted to run a marathon one day. And what I realized um, was that this sense of movement, this need or desire to just move my body freely had always been there. I think back to some of my favorite times as a kid and it was running with my dad. I can still remember the first time that I ran with him. I was eight years old and we went up to our Westlake Rec Center and it was 12 laps around to run a mile. And he was an avid runner. He still is at 60 years old, but he would run three to five miles a day and I looked up to him and was like, I want to run like that. And I one day was like, all right, dad, I'm going to run with you. It's like, okay, buddy. He calls me buddy. Let's go. Let's run. And so I remember that first lap was like, what am I doing? And it's not that I hadn't run in sports and soccer and basketball and all of those things, but running a consistent mile and running just to run was something that I was still getting used to in my body. And so I started running and running more and more. And then, wow, it was absolutely freeing. Um, It was just this sense of, sense of peace in my body, feeling my legs and my feet underneath me and this powerful stride and my heart beating fast and my chest beating in my lungs. And I just felt this new sense of being alive and was like, wow, my body is so cool. Look at the way it can move. And from there, I was I was hooked. I, I didn't ever run competitively in high school or college or even middle school because for me, there was this sense of freedom with running. It wasn't tied to an accomplishment. It wasn't tied to playing soccer and needing to be on the A-team. It wasn't tied to... Um, needing to set a certain goal or be the best. It was just this sense of freedom. And so, as I mentioned on the intro podcast, I have experience with eating disorder, specifically orthorexia, which is 
a fixation on, you know, clean eating, um, over-exercise. And for me, what really, really made this eating disorder progress was that experience with over-exercise. So as I'm reading these things that about how I love to move my body, it just reminded me of when that shifted. And so for me, when that shifted was about when I was 16 years old, and it really shifted. And what used to be freedom turned into a desire to be perfect. When running in my body was this sense of just moving freely and feeling my feet beneath me and my body strong and doing it truly from the inside out, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing, turned into something that was so fixated on having to look perfect, having to be the best, work the hardest, do the most, to the point where it became compulsion. That sense of ease was no longer ease. It was, I have to do more, always more. So rather than just moving my body and being like, okay, cool. That's, that's good. That's awesome. I moved my body. It was, no, I'm not doing enough. I'm never doing enough. What turned from just running to run turned to, I have to run four miles to be good. Turned from okay, I'm going to walk these stairs to I have to do 45 minutes on the stair stepper plus four miles plus abs plus more. So movement became fitness and exercise and stringent. It was no longer freedom. So there's a saying that, you know, sometimes there is too much of a good thing. And it's funny because in today's day and age, when we look at fitness and we look at movement and we applaud people that work out for X amount of hours or do all these crazy races. um, And, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but we also don't recognize that someone who is moving their body for that amount of time Maybe they're doing it for good, great, but maybe they're really hurting inside. And when what used to be freedom is no longer, and that was me. So I would get praised all the time of, wow, look at you. You're spending four hours in the gym and look how thin and fit and chiseled you're getting and toned you're getting and It was no longer for me. I didn't move my body to feel good anymore. I moved my body to get those praises. I moved my body to get a perfect look, to fit that poster of that thin woman that I thought I was supposed to be. And I think about those young girls and myself as a young girl. And not that there was anything really 
wrong with the women in my life and what they were doing, but no one stopped me and said, hey, you don't have to look like those thin women in the magazine. You don't have to be perfectly fit. Why are you working out for those hours? Why do you feel a need to always be the best or always push yourself to the extreme? I looked at women in my life and I love my mom to death, but she would, you know, be like, oh, I'm trying out this diet or I'm not hungry. I'm just going to eat my little salad or comment about her elephant arms, which she does not have you know, the flab underneath your arms, whatever that is. And so for me, it was, oh, well, I don't want to have elephant arms. Or, oh, I can't wait till the day when I'm no longer hungry and a little salad will just fill me up. So where I'm going with all of this is that we don't recognize how impactful the words we say about our bodies influence those that are watching and even influence ourselves with when we're consuming all of the need to be better, need to be thinner, need to be fitter, need to be whatever. We lose the sense that rudeness, childlike desire to just move our bodies freely, that's gone. So how do we get back there? How do we embrace movement from the inside out? And what is that really? So I started learning and embracing this concept during recovery So after I was hospitalized, I was only allowed to do yoga and I had never done yoga before. Ironically, I'm now a certified yoga teacher, so clearly things have shifted. But when I first started doing yoga, it was not enough. I wasn't sweating enough. I was just like, what is this thing? They're telling me to breathe? I mean, I'm 17 years old, I know how to breathe. And what I didn't realize was it was teaching me so much more than I could have ever thought. When I started breathing on that mat and going back again and again, what I first started as just merely physical because it was the only physical thing I was allowed to do turned into, wow, I go because I get this sense of calm inside my body. I go because inside of me, I now feel a sense of ease. Inside of me, I'm starting to accept who I am and where I am right now. Inside of me, I am starting to feel worthy, worthy of love, worthy of grace, worthy of acceptance. Inside of me, I am starting to change. I am starting to move. So that outward movement 
became an expression of the inside feelings. That outward movement became that freedom again. Like my body running and feeling strong and free as a kid was like going through those yoga poses, feeling like a dance. Feeling this sense of calling to stretch out my arms and feel my fingertips move from side to side. Feeling breath move through my body and feeling that sense of worth inside expand out. I also learned this on a spin bike in a dark room going nowhere. It's at my favorite spinning studio in Cleveland, Ohio called Cycle, spelled P-S-Y-C-L-E. So all about the psyche. And they are a champion of moving from the inside out. On these bikes, there are no numbers. There's no, you have to hit this beat of RPMs or you have to be the first on the ride board or you have to pedal faster than your neighbor. There's none of that. There's no numbers. There's no comparison. It's truly a dark room with candles and your body moving to the beat of incredible soul-filling music. When I first started going to those classes, man, that was tough. The instructor, Jen, is amazing, but she kicks your butt. And I could barely get through a class. And I was so focused on, wow, I'm not doing this enough. Look at all these people next to me that are doing it better and comparing, wow, well, I'm never going to get there. And the more I went to her classes, similar to how yoga started off physical, those spinning classes turned kind of like into therapy. I started going and instead of worrying about how fast I was going or if my resistance was turned up as much as the person next to me, I started going and singing at the top of my lungs to this incredible music because I love to sing. I started going and feeling the words that she spoke just fill my soul that I wanted to move. Inside of myself, I felt this desire, this freedom. And so moving felt free. So with movement from the inside out, it's about finding that inner sense so that we want to move outward. I think about, you know, that whole oxygen mask, right? You got to put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. It's the same thing with movement. If we're only focused on that outside, that step two, that external appearance, that validating for someone else or, you know, being thinner than whoever is next to us, Sure, it may last a little bit, but does that make you a better person? If your butt is more toned than the girl next to you, 
Do you get a champion for having the best butt? No. Not to be morbid, but if you think about the end of your life, do you want your tombstone to read the most thin person on this planet? Or she was powerful and strong and loving and kind. And I'm not saying that those two don't associate. They do. But the difference is I feel strong. I feel loved. And so... I'm going to move my body in a way that is loving. I'm going to strengthen my body to meet the strength of my soul. So going forward with this, I have a few tips, my five tips for how to embrace movement from the inside out. Number one, remove that movement equals outward appearance only. When we're solely focused on getting our arms more toned, getting our butt more fit, getting our legs to be thinner, stronger, whatever, when we're solely focused on how we look in a bikini or how we look in a tank top, that will lead us down a path of never being enough. Number two, remove comparison. Comparison truly is the thief of joy. My favorite quote is, we rise by lifting others. When we're stuck in comparison mode, we cannot rise and lift others because we're looking at ways to tear others down. Because if we don't feel enough within ourselves, then anybody around us, there's going to be something about them that makes you feel even less enough. There's enough love in this world to go around for everybody. So rather than tearing each other down, lift each other up. Number three, embrace what feels good in your body. In your body. If you hate running, absolutely despise it. Then don't run. If that's not what you want to do to move your body, don't feel like you have to do that. Now, if it's a sense of fear of running, that you're not good enough, or you're not fast enough, what if you shift and think about running as a kid, running to play tag, running to get your favorite new magazine from the mailbox. So if you shift the way you think about movement, maybe it will feel good. If it still doesn't, then don't run. Maybe you love to dance. Put on some music and just jam out. So find what feels good for you. 
Number four, start from a place of self-love. Now, to get to self-love, there might be some further layers we need to start with first. So it starts with self-acceptance. Accepting who you are, where you are. I challenge you each morning to, when you wake up, look in the mirror and say three things you accept about yourself if you're still at more of self-acceptance, which it can, it can go ebbs and flows, right? We're not all going to be waking up every day. I love myself. I love myself. You know, it's not realistic. We're human. But three things you accept about yourself. And only one of them can be physical. One thing you're grateful for. And then one thing you love about yourself that's not physical. Every morning when you wake up and look in that mirror, those five things, three things you accept today about yourself, one thing you're grateful for, one thing you love about yourself. And the last thing, number five, the most important, and important not just about movement, but about anything you do. Find your why. And let that why be bigger than you. So I move so that I can be a better daughter, so I can be a better friend, so I can be more present for those around me. I move to challenge myself to go through hard things. So when I'm going through something hard in my day-to-day life, I remember, oh yeah, I moved just a little bit more than I thought I could. I finished that race. And now when I'm going through something challenging in my own life, I remember that feeling. I remembered how resilient I was. And if I can be resilient there, I can be resilient here. So find your why. Find something that challenges you. Find something that motivates you. Find something that's bigger than yourself. So whatever you do, I challenge you to move from the inside out. I challenge you to change your language and share this new language with those around you, especially those that are watching us. Until next time, remember, you are always enough. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.